Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Jewel Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Here we are again. We're looking at um, a classic chart from the archives, as selected for us by the random pop blob, which if I just glance out the corner of my eye, I see in its cage... Um, still moisturised as always. It's a blancmange type figure. You have um, to spray it once in a while, don't you? I've got auto spray now. I've had auto spray oh, for when we were on the roof tour. of its cage. Mm. There's a tank of water on the side with a pipe that goes into the roof of the cage, and it's got a timer so that every couple of hours it gets a jet of spray right over it over the over the entirety of the cage, and that keeps it moist. Mm. So I had that fitted with some of the money from the tour. Um, which I think is a a, a good. Um, and did step you forward. give it a, what do you call it a feeding block as well? So yeah, it, it had could, a feeding block while it I was can away absorb as well. nourishment. Yeah, on and, a timer uh, unlike, system. Unlike Jim the fish, it, it survived. It didn't binge. Um, yeah, so all good there. Anyway, we'll go over now to the random pop blob, and as we always say, uh, random blob, use your gob. Tell us how to do our job and tell us which chart we're going to look at. There <laughs> we are. We're on the cusp of the 1980s this time. And this is the chart that will have been the week after the Christmas chart of 1979. We did 1979 last time out, I think, didn't we? Because I was, we've, I was we've talking about We've definitely done 1979 the, at some point recently. Because we were talking about it's the um, it was the absolute highest number of seven inch single sales um, wow. in any year ever. So there we are. And this I remember is my was, brother having one of those. Um, I remember my. I remember a very early memory of well, I would have been four selling my. Like my mum trying to explain to me, she'd bought my my brother Theo, mm. like a one of those seven inch single carrying cases. You know oh, those ones yeah. with a buckle on the front. Yeah, and then when they when they opened up, it sort of like came outwards a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like a filing system. And my, and yeah. I remember my mum. I've just got this really early memory of my mum explaining to me. I was like, "What what did you get for Theo?" And she her, described it to me, but I didn't see it. 
And I remember right. in my head, do you remember how you, you have sort of memories of how your child mind interpreted something? And she was like, yeah. it's a bag for him to keep his records in. And I thought, right. a bag? Adult bag? And I just thought of like, she had a basket that she used for shopping. And for some reason, I had this idea that he'd got her a fucking basket to keep records in. That she'd got <laughs> him a basket. Anyway, I remember blowing it. She went, now you mustn't tell him because it's a surprise. It's what he really wants. And then yeah. I just went straight in the other room and fucking told him. <laughs> you dick. I, I know. It's a very, like, powerful memory that I've got. Yeah. And, like, the outcry that was caused, it was like a real life lesson. Yeah. Because the, these things, Andy, they're all like, um, they're all, uh, hold on a sec. These things really... You're right to say I'm a dick, but only because of cultural constructs. <laughs> there is nothing innate in oh, a child right. that would know and would understand, right, the importance of keeping yeah. a gift secret. These are cultural constructs, yeah? But a child is told not to do something, and then the child immediately does that but thing. But that's, that's how you learn. Well, Cause yeah, I all probably, right, then. I probably all thought, right, then. I probably thought to myself... Yeah, what? Don't tell him. Well, he'll be really happy when he knows. That sounds like bollocks. That's sometimes what you think when you're a kid. You think, this is one of those things that parents have made up, but they can't really explain why. Because if I'd said to my yeah. mum, why? Why can't I tell him? What mm. she have said? Because <laughs> he can't know until yeah. two days' time. Why? What difference does it make? Because he'll be happier when he knows on that day. No, I think the level of happiness will be the same whenever he discovers the news. So let's tell him now. <laughs> And, you know, so I'll fucking put this to the test. So I've gone and I go, oh, uh, Christmas here, a couple of days. Good news for you. The old dear's got you one of them record boxes, isn't she? <laughs> Carry case for your little records. Record bag. And, he, and him and her, he's gone, what? Why did you tell me? And I've gone, ooh, ooh, ooh. And she's coming, well, why did you tell him? And it's like, oh, fuck, this really is serious. Like, I thought this yeah. was just some stupid fucking thing that grown-ups have invented, but apparently the secrets around presents at Christmas time is fucking real, and you better get on board, or these people might... Re- I mean, I, my dad had already <laughs> left. I'm very insecure and vulnerable. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. what have I got left? I've got my mum and my brothers, and mm. this is my oldest brother, so very important role mm. he's playing in my life, and I'm like... I can't jeopardise their you, love. You were craving affection probably, weren't you? Yeah. Uh, and, also and, and also attention. And also attention. Yeah. And that would have got me attention. It was like one time my brother yeah. had a... My brother Dom had a... You know those like leather jackets that that punk rockers wear? Yeah. <laughs> Biker jackets. I mean, now you can get them in Topshop and stuff and you get like, you know, 40-something mums who still think they're a bit rock and roll buying one from Topshop. I think you I think you can probably get them in George Asda's, can't you? As well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But back then, they were the mark of, of edgy teen rebellion, I mm. think. You know, with the anarchy sign on the back and all that. And my brother had just got one, like a second-hand one from the market, and he was dead chuffed with it. But my dad came... For, to take us out for the weekend one time and we ended up somewhere or other like on a fucking moor or a common in a rowing boat yeah mm-hmm. right and they take all that in that rowing boat yeah right so he's <laughs> taking us out on a rowing boat and my brother's going on about this leather jacket that he loves so much and they're all talking about this leather jacket and again I was I was about five this, I remember this story very well but it's, it's like a big story in my family that I'm often reminded of right by the others because I'm sat there, I was always the youngest, like 
very, very much younger, right? Very young. And I always felt outside of the conversation, yeah? Because they're all chatting and my dad's chatting to mm. them almost on the same level as himself. I was probably jealous of that. Do you know what I mean? Because he's chatting yeah. to them like they're adults too. But I'm like a baby pr- practically, right? Yeah. They're in their teens. So do you know what I did? They're all chatting and it's hot day and they're talking about themselves. Yeah, it's a really good leather jacket. Yeah, leather jacket. Oh, it's really cool. You look great in it. And he's taking it off, yeah? And they're all talking and I'm just sitting there fucking thinking, cunts going on. Why didn't anyone talk to me about Star Wars or something? So do you know what I did? I just all of a sudden picked the jacket up and lobbed it in the fucking lake. Chucked it over the edge of the boat. <laughs> and the fucking... Yeah, that. The, the chaos that fucking ensued was unbelievable. One of those, again, it's a thing you do when you're a kid. You think, I'm going to do this. I wonder what will happen. And then you do yeah. it. And you think, I bet nothing much will happen. But when you get a reaction that is way beyond what you could have ever fucking contemplated, it's very traumatic. And I've gone out, I'll throw it over the edge. I don't know, I probably thought people will think this is funny. And I've chucked it over the edge. And everyone's going, what the fuck? What's going on? Oh, my God. Like, just panic and chaos on this boat. And my brother's, like, reaching over the edge, fucking scrambling about trying to fish it out before it sinks to the bottom. Right. And again, and my dad's going, what did it? you do that for? Why did you do that? Attention. And I'm, like, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know. I fucking don't know why I did it. But I look back now and I think, obviously, it was for attention, yeah. I mean, it's like when um, when I got married in 2009 and it was about three days, two days before the wedding, I think, and met me then wife-to-be um, went to get her hair done. Mm. Not even been in the day before, I'm not sure, to get a, a wedding hair done. Oh, it was, oh, no, it was a wedding hair rehearsal thing about a mm. week before. That was what it was. And um, this was all part of the build-up and all that. Lots of organisation and planning went into the wedding. And then the day after she'd gone to get a, a wedding rehearsal hair done, my daughter snuck off somewhere in the house, got some scissors from somewhere and mm. cut her own fringe. Oh, Now, that was clearly... Attention. Uh, attention thing totally cry for attention totally you know all of the attention was being all of the energy was being focused on preparing for this wedding she felt left out yeah she went totally. and cut her own hair bless her bless her well, I mean, when you were a kid how old was your daughter then when you got married well this was the About thing this is what something? I was going to say this is what I was going to say maybe it's not a good idea to have a, a wedding and spend all that time and energy planning a wedding when you've got a five year old and a one year old Mm. there's better things you could be doing with your time and energy yeah I mean uh, one of the most painful memories of my whole childhood was my dad's wedding to his second wife right mm. I'd never I had no memories of my mum and dad being together because he left when I was so young and yet part of you when you're a kid always sort of I suppose imagines that they might get back together I don't know what it was but my dad had this girlfriend, the one he'd left my mum for, and then they split up when I was about nine. And I was sort of, I don't know whether I was happy about it, but they split up for about a year and my dad just seemed to be on his own. And then one day my brother came home and just casually said, oh, guess what? Really casually. I went, what? He went, "Uh, dad's getting married. And I went, what? Who to? And he went, mm. Linda, which was the name of his girlfriend that I thought he'd long since split up with. And do you know what I did? I was about 10 and I burst out crying, Andy, like uncontrollably yeah. crying, right? Yeah. And I didn't quite even understand why, because it wasn't like I disliked this woman, by the way. She was all right, you know. I was like, but I was just fucking so freaked out because it just seemed really real. 
Anyway, when the wedding came, it was one of the most awful fucking days of my life. Partly because, right, my dad had gone off and built this new life in it with yeah. his own business and was making money yeah. and all his mates were all like cunty advertising people, right? And mm-hmm. we were just living our normal life, right? Back on the fucking estate, right? Mm-hmm. And my it was really must have been humiliating for my mum because my dad had said you better get him some nice clothes to wear to the wedding. So it I don't know if we'd given her money, but my mum had to take me out shopping for clothes for my dad's wedding. <sighs> Fucking hell, there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? Yeah, and then I turned up in this fucking outfit. It wasn't a suit. It was sort of a bit, I don't know, but it wasn't a suit. It was like, you know. Were you dressed as a little sailor boy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine, I think he'd left the choice up to my mum, which would have been weird for her, but she could have really gone to town. I'm fucking dressing you up as Dracula, you cunt. Jesus Christ. (laughs) But when we turned up, right, this thing... It was at a registry office in Chelsea and it was all trendy and there was all these sort of larger than life posh people and it was all like, oh, great. And him and his missus, who was much younger than him, were the centre of attention. And I really felt like a fucking bit part player, awkward, scruffy, snot nosed, slightly podgy, fucking, you know, uh, uh, badly spoken little fucking shithead. And I was on the fringes yeah. of this event, and I don't remember my dad or his missus really barely talking to me the whole day. And I was going to wa- say, who, who was looking after you, your brothers? Supposedly, but they wouldn't. You know, your mum wasn't there, obviously. No, no. But my, I was, uh, I was about ten, so I wasn't. I was sort of self-governing, right? Yeah, but, but even at that age, you shouldn't be. You should be someone. Yeah, you know, no. But I remember my grandma, a, um, my dad's mum. She spotted me. She wasn't like the warmest of women, but she spotted me because as we were walking out of the ceremony, I was at all tears in my eyes and no one noticed. And she came over. There's listeners listeners listening to this now that's crying, I guarantee you that. Yeah, and she came over and she put her sort of hand on my shoulder. It's my scouse nan. Ari, don't fucking be crying now. Right? She didn't say that. Fucking grow up. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck's sake, what's the matter with you? Right. It's supposed to be an happy day. But you know what? I say. Part of it wasn't just that my dad was getting married and, uh, you know, whatever. It was that it was so full of cunts, Andy. It was like <laughs> these were all advertising. They were so far removed from my day-to-day life, the sort of culture. Yeah. And 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 everyone was being so, like, over the top and everyone was dressed all flamboyantly. And there was my dad and his missus drove off in, like, some flash fucking roller that someone had rented for them and the speeches were all really like quite sweary and outrageous and I was sat there thinking this is a fucking cunt show what am I doing here and I and I, I don't even feel like I'm fucking wanted here I was sat nursing a fucking Coca-Cola in the corner of the room at the party afterwards probably everyone was doing fucking Charlie in the box right yeah um so yeah, weddings for kids when it's your parent involved. I mean, obviously that was worse. At least at least your daughter was seeing her own parents get married. But yeah. I do think that you, you you know, you quite understandably are led to believe by your parents that you're the centre of their universe because you are. Your daughter was the centre of your universe, of course, right? Yeah. But for one day yeah. they're not and they find that quite um you you find that quite uh uh, destabilising I think yeah yeah you know it's I mean? tough really tough you find not surprising all of there's like 
sort of fucking extreme reactions to that sort of so thing. So no wonder I'm a fucking attention whore, an attention junkie, <laughs> throwing jackets in the fucking lake, giving away Christmas presents, and now doing all this shit on a podcast. It's just because I didn't get any no attention say. from my old man. I was just going to say, we've just had another little slice of, of Delaney therapy there, so I hope that helped. You can clip that out and we'll stick it on the fucking Twitter. <laughs> then maybe at last people will start feeling sorry for me to the degree that I think is appropriate. <laughs> I'm sure they do already. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, that, if, if that's resonated with you and you're listening to this, you at all, then, um, you know, you're welcome. Jalapeño. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Jalapeño. Let's have a look at this chart then, shall we? <laughs> Top 40 rundown, 30th of December, 1979. Here we fucking go. All right. Uh, chart entry at number 40. It's the Nolands, and I'm in the mood for dancing. At number 39, up six places, it's Booker T and the MGs with green onions. Oh, brings tears to my eyes just thinking about them. <laughs> Down 438. Diana Ross tells us, it's my house. Okay, fine. Exactly what I've been trying to tell my ex-wife, but she won't have it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, both our names are on the fucking deeds, but it was me paying the mortgage, love. You know it and I know it. Okay. The the law doesn't see it that way. (laughs) Yeah, the law's a fucking ass. Sooner Thatcher gets elected, the better. Oh, she has been for a month now. Why is she changing the law in favour of men? She needs to make some changes fast. (laughs) At 37, it's the Sparrow by the Ramblers. Fucking hell. (laughs) Up to at 36, Boney M and I'm Born Again. At 35, up five places from 40, One Day at a Time by Lena Martell. Up one place to number 34, it's M with Moonlight and Muzak. No movement at 33 for Sheila and B Devotion with Spacer. That's ironic because that's the song of the charts that makes me move the most. 
<laughs> uh, down six places at number 32, it's those absolute fucking charlatans, Queen, with crazy little thing called love. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you're not a fan of their music, though, I, I tell you, their drummer is a pretty shrewd operator when it comes to consumer affairs. Uh, I got talking to him backstage <laughs> when they were in the studio recently. Uh, well, at, maybe, maybe so, but their music is dog shit. At 31, it's Dr. Hook with When You're In Love With A Beautiful Woman. Wish I'd like. Wish I could say I know the feeling, but uh, if you've met my ex-wife, you'd know that I wasn't either in love, and she wasn't beautiful. <laughs> when you're not in love with an ugly whore. Sorry, I've lost my temper there. <laughs> That's my version of the song. <laughs> when you're not in love with an ugly whore, it's fine. <laughs> Careful, mate, because you could use that as evidence against you in the upcoming divorce case. <laughs> uh, up six places at number 30, Curtis Blow, and he's Christmas rapping. At 29, it's The Clash with London Calling. Chart entry at 28, The Greedies with a Murray Jingle. Sounds like they've made their, their run on the Christmas chart just a little bit too late, idiots. Up three places for Mike Oldfield with Blue Peter. Was that his version of the theme tune to Blue Peter? Oh, brick character. Yeah, yeah, it was. Fucking hell. All right, cut that <laughs> we'll bit out. Back to that Sorry, we, that just we get right to uh, that about broke it. my character because well, it, it in. freaked me out. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Okay. Uh, down 11 at 26, Electric Light Orchestra with a double A side, Confusion, and Last Train to London. At 25, down three places, it's Matchbox with Rockabilly Rebel. Our chart entry at 24, Billy Preston and Cyrita with you, I'm born again. 23, up one place, working for the Yankee Dollar by Skids. Chance would be a fine thing. I'd love some work stateside, the rates are much better there, but my agent says no dice. LA will come calling for us. Drive time FM radio, LA style. (laughs) <laughs> That's our destiny. Down three at 22, though. Madness are taking one step beyond. At 21, up 11 places. It's Chic with my feet. Keep dancing. Ah, uh, where is it? Yeah, up eight places at number 20. KC and the Sunshine Band are pleading with us. Please don't go. Down one place at 19. Nights in white satin by those moody blues. Down two at 18. Status quo, living on an island. Again, that's quite a dream of mine. Up. After the LA years, hopefully. The Isle of Man. They seem to know what they're doing out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a place for me. Number 17, up three places. It's the beat with tears of a clown slash ranking full stop. <laughs> Down two at 16. It's that hot tempestress blondie with Union City Blue. At number 15, up two places. Is it love you're after? Ask Rose Royce. Aren't we all? Well, yeah, and maybe a bit of nookie as well. <laughs> uh, you've got my number, Rose. Um, down three at number 14, it's Donna Summer and Barbara Streisand. Speaking of women I'd like to go to bed with. And uh, no more tears, <laughs> enough is enough. Weren't you going to write a book with that title, <laughs> Women I'd Like to Go to Bed With, Mate, for the Christmas Market? <laughs> Yep, a big, just a big list. <laughs> yeah, a few comments underneath each one, but on the whole, just names. A, a list, locations, positions, and length of sexual congress. <laughs> and after party. <laughs> At number 13, it's... After party, 
after party equals smoke a fag and maybe put the kettle on. Uh, Release a fart. Number 13, it won't (laughs) seem like Christmas without you. Elvis Presley. That's a bit ironic since he's been dead for two years. Um, (laughs) Upwater 12, David Bowie and John, I'm only dancing again. At number 11, up one place, it's Michael Jackson and off the wall. Down one place at number 10, the three degrees and my simple heart. Down one place at number nine, K Sarami Vida by the Gibson Brothers, which translates roughly as, if it's love you want, I'm your fella. <laughs> Down five and eight, the police are walking on the moon. Down one place at seven, it's the Sugar Hill Gang with Rapper's Delight. Not quite sure what, what they whether they mean Christmas rapid or, or what, but um, they seem to be a jolly bunch of fellows. Yeah, well, it's all it's that new rap music. I don't understand it. I don't care what they're singing about or shouting about or whatever it is. It doesn't make any sense. Um, up one at six, Paul McCartney with Wonderful Christmas Time. That's someone I can identify with. Good old Macca. Yeah, although he's on. He, I've, I've read a few stories about him being on the marijuana as well. Not too, not too keen <laughs> on that. <laughs> Stick to Scotch, Macca. Number five, <laughs> up five places, Brass in Pocket by the Pretenders. Another female singer. Uh, yep, put her on the list. Um, <laughs> up one at number four, The Tourists with I Only Want to Be With You. Up one at three, it's Day Trip to Bangor by Fiddler's Dram. Sounds like a nice day out. Surely does. Uh, still at number two. And speaking of women, I do. It's uh, 50% of this group, ABBA, with I Have a Dream. And this week's number one, yet again, it's the Pink Floyds with Another Brick in the Wall. Whoa. That's your chart. Hope you enjoyed it. Well, there's a yeah. lot, lot of uh, big tracks in this. Uh, uh, can I just quickly talk about, I might have said this before, but that wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney, which mm. we'll be starting to hear a lot of over the coming weeks, because uh, mm-hmm. it remained a perennial, of course. I really, when I was still drinking, I became really intoxicated one year with the pub that the video was in. They're, they're in a, I don't know if you remember the video, but they're just in this sort of country yeah. pub. And Mac has a load of his mates. And it, it feels as if it's probably Christmas Eve right when yeah. your spirits are highest on christmas eve i think mm-hmm. when i used to go out with my mates when i was younger to the pub on christmas eve it was just like the best feeling do you know what i mean better than christmas yeah. day yeah because you're out you're all getting pissed they're playing christmas mm-hmm. songs and you know that when you wake up in the morning you get your presents and have a nice time yeah. so you're just in great spirits and it seems like that sort of vibe and they're just having they're in this wonderful sort of like cozy country pub and they're just having a fucking great time. And I became really totally. obsessed with it. To the extent I actually looked up the pub online, I found out where it was. I think All it's right. in Sussex somewhere. And I kind of became obsessed with going. Right. I mean, now I'm not, not really a pub enthusiast anymore. So I don't know if it would appeal to me in the same way. But uh, I would say take a look at it because Macca is... I don't know if it's his pipe where he's thrown it, but he's certainly a central figure and Linda's there as well. Yeah. And they're just... Uh, yeah, he's probably thrown it. He's probably yeah. thrown the party. He's not going to get invited to someone, someone else's party. He's going to be centre of attention, isn't he? It's Paul McCartney. The other day, mate... He throws the parties. He, this is something amazing. The other day, I parked my car in Paul McCartney's fucking road. Whoa. I was with Where my was dad. This? I was with my dad. It was in St. John's Wood, which is in northwest London. 
near Abbey oh, yeah. Road, actually, very like mm-hmm. sort of off Abbey Road. And I was taking my dad out for lunch. It was the day my dad told me a story about winning all that money off Ray- Roy Orbison at cards. Yeah. <laughs> that special day. And also about is he going on a day trip to Genk and his mate burning his willy with a cigarette, right? So it was a good day. <laughs> it was a good day thanks to those anecdotes. But even before that, we parked up in some side street near to where we were going for lunch and he just went, well, casually, this is Paul McCartney's road. And I knew Paul McCartney right. lived in St. John's Wood, but I didn't, and I was like, fuck off. And he went, yeah, this is his road. That's his house mm-hmm. over there. Oh, I'm just fucking, I mean, I just found it weird that Paul McCartney would live in a road where someone like me could park a car. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, he, 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 he's got an office, hasn't he, in is it Soho Square, I think. Yes, I've heard his, that. Uh, yeah, his, his, his company is in Soho Square, and apparently he, he just walks quite about and just wanders around Soho. I've no. I just used to spend a lot of unfettered. time in Soho. I've fucking never seen him. If I had, yeah, I don't know I what mean, I'd do. Yeah, it, it is at Soho because quite often when I've been in London for work, I'll take a detour through Soho Square just, just in, in case. case. Yeah, you know I don't know what, what I'd yeah. do. I, mean, I would say walking around route. If I've met a lot of celebrities over the <clears> years. But if I uh, if I could meet one living celebrity, when people say, who would you like to meet? That doesn't massively excite me, but I think if I could choose one who I would be excited to meet, be him. My wife's met him because uh, her, her old publisher where she used to work, they published a book of his, I think, poems once. And they, right. they threw a sort of a party for him in the boardroom. She yeah. wasn't working on the book, but she was just introduced to him. He came and was really friendly yeah. with everyone. There was only about 20 people in the room. And she was just introduced. Yeah. It was like, literally like, hello, I'm Anna. Hello, I'm Paul. Nice to meet you. And that was it. But still, better than nothing, isn't it? Well, I mean, um, my other podcast partner, Bob Morton, was interviewed him recently. Oh, I saw that. Put- yeah. Where were, yeah. Yeah. Is that about his new book, was it? The lyrics book? Yeah, he's got a new a new book out, which which looks at about 50 of his songs. Yeah, and talks well, about I, said, the I said, didn't I? You've got to go on BBC Sounds, because they've done them oh, as, did, each yeah. one as podcasts, and they're fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a ten part or something. I listened yeah. to that. Yeah, um, when we were on the road, and um, it, Bob did an interview with him in the British Library. I don't know when That's the full it. thing's coming out or on what format it's coming out, but there's a bit of it's been um, previewed on on YouTube. But um, this was in June, I think, when Bob did this, and Bob was fucking bricking it. Really, as far as I could gather. Ah, oh, well, you would be, wouldn't you? I guess. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's like fucking hell, a beetle. Um, well, I suppose. Yeah, I would. I would. I suppose I'd come well, away feeling like what? Yeah, I suppose I I I don't get nervous when I'm interviewing people, but I suppose with him, I would only be worried that I'd come away from the conversation mm-hmm. having not asked everything that I wanted to ask. Do you think you got yeah. one shot? How many questions would yeah. you like to ask Paul McCartney? Mm-hmm. I don't want to come away. Having, all of them. Yeah, yeah, I would have asked him all the questions. I don't want to come away with like. Oh fuck! We just got held up talking about that yeah. fucking weird electronic solo album he did once, and we never got into me asking him about loads of mad shit about growing up in Liverpool or whatever it is I and want then, to ask him about. And I accidentally asked a really stupid question, and he looked at me like I was a fucking prick, and I just wanted nah, the I'm world not, to just I, I, eat I would, me up. I would. I don't get nervous about asking stupid questions. Because just ask ask what you feel. That's my that's my advice to any young interviewers. Yeah. Go with the gut. Fuck their response. Tell me it. The pressure's on them, not you. They've got they're the cunts yeah, answering. Exactly. They're the focus of yeah. attention. But they're um, the celebrity. 
I think with Paul McCartney, I'd probably it wouldn't wouldn't be interesting for an audience, but I'd probably just what I'm interested in is his taste in everything. Do you mm. know what I mean? Because you think mm-hmm. these songs that he's written, right? I don't know, like everything about his taste, whether it mainly cultural taste, but almost like, for instance, what food does Paul McCartney have when he just feels like he wants a snack? Have you ever Do read? You, you can you can access this. Have you ever read what the Daily Diet of the Rolling Stones is? It's fucking what now? Yeah, because you know they no, all I've look seen, like um, crows, right? I've seen Anthony Joshua's diet, and yeah. that was about something like fifteen thousand calories. Per yeah, that's day. better. That's I that's, that's the, the diet the we can. Stones. The Rolling Stones, because as you get older, <laughs> fifteen calories per day. As you get older, as as you and I know, fuck it, you eat anything and it turns immediately into fucking flab, right? I mean, like you know, <laughs> even if you eat, re- I eat reasonably healthy. You know, I'm a vegetarian. Mm. I, I really watch what I eat, and yet it's fucking hard to keep your weight down. Whereas if you want to stay stick thin and you're fucking in your late 70s, like those cunts, they've worked out that they, they really want to stay very skinny because they think it's that, that they have to for their... But, oh, it's like they they eat barely... They have like, you know, like the, a canapé-sized snack, yeah? Yeah, yeah. They have like one in the, one, one something that size in the morning, same again at lunch, and then something early mm. evening, and that's it. So basically, they're not fucking eating, and then they're just drinking like loads of shit, like green tea and that. Do you know them things that budgies have that hang in their cage, which are, like got <laughs> yeah. seeds stuck onto them, and they just peck at them throughout the day. Yeah, I think they've got them, but bigger. Yeah, they're, and they are. They, they look because seeds. they look. Everyone always says they look like crows, don't they? Right, and I can yeah. I can picture them like crow men picking through a little sort of a cage rolling stone <laughs> feeder. Yeah, they get put at the Rolling Stones cage every morning. It can't be healthy. It can't be. I mean, I know they want to look skinny. Well, but that's like vanity. They should just give into it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It seems to be working for them, apart from Charlie, who died recently. I mean, he died. Apart from that, I'm not saying he died of malnutrition, but I am saying when you get when you get ill, you do need to. It's probably helpful to have a little bit of fucking weight on you to be resistant to it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, what I'm saying what, is, I would he, ask Paul McCartney what he ate. That would be one of my main yeah, questions. That would be one of them. I mean, mm. if I just ever saw him in Soul Square, I would just shout, "Hiya, Paul!" Oh, hey. And maybe get the thumbs up in return. Yeah, I wouldn't bother him. I wouldn't want a conversation. Just that would be enough for me. I'd shout, "Hello, Paul!" I'd shout, "Oi, um, Eleanor Rigby!" <laughs> what? Oi, what you been eating today? What are you going to eat later on? Oi, tell late, me it, Lady Madonna. <laughs> Nah, they ain't joking, mate. I'm a big fan. Sad Delaney, yeah. Ah, you still do the frog song, you fucking punch. Yeah, Sad Delaney, that's right. You might have seen me on that Channel 5 show in the noughties. I think I mentioned one of your songs in the chart countdown once. <laughs> anyway, all you the best. You remember it? All the best. TTFN. Well, yeah, we'll do a bit more on this chart because we haven't really touched it at all next time. Um, bit of Paul McCartney content, talk, bit actually, of my dad's wedding. We're talking about McCartney. There, w- there was something else I was going to talk about, which was um, you mentioned marijuana in the chart countdown. Mm. And, of course, this was a month before he was arrested and jailed in Japan for nine days. For having marijuana. marijuana on him. So we'll, have, we'll, we'll, we'll delve into that, I think. Yeah. In the history box. I remember my mum being very disapproving so, of that for some reason. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I mean, my mum smoked plenty of marijuana in her time, so I don't know where she got off. But I think she was just a bit like anti-McCartney for some reason. I'll follow that up with her later today, actually. Find out, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's it from this one. Goodbye. All the best. Bye. Bye.